everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking with Zen Crier DeBrook. But before we get into the interview, again, just wanted to remind you all that we still have the pre-orders up for the Path Evolution that's going to be released in June, and we hope you head on over to get one of the first copies that comes out of our office here. And also want to thank you for continuing to listen to our podcast. Our stats are going up every day. We really appreciate the listenership that we have and all the times that you guys write in, giving us some suggestions, compliments about the shows that you love to hear. So we hope that we continue to deliver great content to you all. So we are speaking today to Zen Cryer DeBrook, who is the author of Your Inner GPS. She is an internationally renowned teacher, speaker, and coach whose programs have helped people all over the world transform their personal and business lives for the better. She also lives on a beautiful farm out in California, and you'll get a chance to hear some of her chickens in the background squawking away and laying some eggs, she said. So we hope you enjoy this interview. So we would like to welcome Zen to our show. Hi, Zen. Hi. So nice to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. (laughs) I have a really funny story, actually. The day before we got the proposal for you to come onto the podcast, I was listening to a audio, I think it was a YouTube of Abraham Hicks which I Mm -hmm. find pretty funny because you also reference them in some of your work and a little bit of the differences that you have. But um, it was one of the uh, YouTube. Now I've been listening to them for a couple of years. So it was a YouTube, but I had never heard of them referencing the inner guidance system or the inner GPS, they would say. And so a person was asking a question and they were giving the example to say, whenever you're in a car and you're traveling and the GPS is on and if you go off the highlighted route, what does the GPS always say? Please return to the highlighted route. It doesn't say, oh, go ahead, you can keep going off and, you know, make whatever turns you want and it doesn't necessarily agree with you. So when I was uh, going through some of your material, I saw that you also referenced um, how your work is a little bit different from Abraham Hicks. So I also wanted to talk about that too, because I just thought it was a funny synchronicity of how I was listening to the YouTube the day before your material came in for our podcast. So, um, so maybe you Coincidences can... Coincidences are good. I know. So maybe you can uh, begin by defining what is it that you mean by your inner GPS? Okay, great. Well, I have found that each and every person has their own unique internal guidance system, which I call IGS for short. And this internal guidance system is felt in the body. It's between the throat and the upper solar plex area. And um, it's in relationship to what we're thinking, not anything outside of us. And what, what happens is, is most people, when they feel this sensation in this area of the body, it shows up when it, I call it a closing which is a tightness and you can physically feel it. I actually do an exercise that I have people go through and they immediately feel it, most people. Um, But what happens is, is when they feel like a lump in their throat or tightness in their chest or a sick feeling in the pit of their stomach, most people believe that that means that what's happening on the outside world around them is bad or wrong. There's something going on that they need to, to counteract or do something about. What I have found is that that's actually completely inaccurate. What those sensations show up Um, like, are actually your thinking is off about it, which means if you take action on on something, it's your thinking that needs to change to find the opening, not doing something in the outside world to change something. Does that make sense? Kind of, but I want you to continue to elaborate on that because this is, it's kind of the first, um, I don't know, you might be one of the first people to kind of explain, explain it in this way of how it's more of the thoughts and the emotions. So... I'd I'd like to hear more. Yes. Okay. So this is really important because one of the distinctions, let's just go back. Uh, Abraham Hicks, when I first heard them talking about the internal guidance system, they talked about an expansion and contraction in the trunk area of your body in relationship to what you were thinking. And then over the years, they transformed their work to say that there's an emotional guidance system, and they created a scale where you could move yourself from a, an unpleasant or uncomfortable emotional state using your thinking into a more positive emotional state. What happened is, I believe, is that because Esther Hicks is channeling um, a group of souls, 
the group of souls that are trying to give information to human beings have not been in a human body in a very long time. So they're trying to explain to us how to work with our mind and our bodies in relationship to the outside world. And they're doing the best they can to get the information through. And they're, they've been changing their methodology along the way to try and make it easier for humans to comprehend how to do this work with, the, you know, with deliberate creation and our body. So they found a way to make it easier, which is this emotional scale. What I found, and that's great, it's awesome work and all of that. But what I have found is that our internal guidance system and our emotions are completely two separate things. Our internal guidance system is connected to a divine source that's giving us unique personal information about the path that we are on in any moment and how our thoughts are relating to the outside world. And the expansion and contraction of our internal guidance system is guiding us like I consider it like a hot, cold game. Hot, hot, cold, cold, cold. No, no, no. Warm, warm, warm. That's how it feels inside the body, the expansion and contraction. The expansion and contraction actually has a greater magnitude or a lesser magnitude in both sides of the scale, opening and closing, based on how accurate or off we are in our thinking. Our emotions are actually a chemical interaction that is in relationship to the meaning that we put to the stories our mind has collected. And those stories are not often accurate because when we collected those stories, we were babies and children and we didn't have the wherewithal to be able to, number one, assess the world around us in an accurate way. And then number two, the world changes all the time. So our, our actual physical reaction to it must change, but our mind doesn't know how to do that. So I believe that we were given this internal guidance system to support us in being able to shift, to actually separate our mind from who we are as beings and begin to use it as a tool in our lives rather than a, our ego or our personality or our identity. So I know that sounds very deep, the work itself, but I find it to be after working with it for 23 years and bringing thousands of people into this new awareness of who we are, it is an incredibly powerful and important aspect of who we are. And the benefits of using it and separating ourselves from our minds and being able to use our internal guidance system to find and choose powerful thoughts and where to focus actually creates this new sense of presence and self in your life that brings on authenticity and joy and a confidence in any situation that you're in that you can take right action, that you can actually, in any situation that you're in, find that perfect harmonic solution for yourself and the people around you. Is that helpful? <laughs> yes. Now, to piggyback off of that, the second part that I'd like you to explain is how is the internal guidance system different than the intuition? And then I'd like to try to separate intuition, feelings, and this GPS system that we have. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, totally can do that. Okay, so intuition, There, first of all, each person has, a, has, each, has their own intuitive gifts. Intuition doesn't show up the same way for every single person. Some people are clairaudient, some people are clairvoyant, claircosnet, you know, so clairsentient, you know, knowing, hearing, seeing, they get information, feeling in different ways. Your internal guidance system shows up the exact same way in each person. I can teach it to any single person. I can't teach somebody how to be clairaudient if they're not clairaudient or claircosnet, I always say that wrong, wrong, if they're not clair. Sentient, sorry, clairsentient if they're not clairsentient. I can't do that. I can take the gifts they have and isolate which one they have and enhance that in a person. The internal guidance system works the same way in every single one of us. So once you learn to use it, you can use it in every aspect of your life. And you can even use it in relationship to your intuitive gift because what happens when an intuitive gift comes through, the information comes through to us, our mind immediately tries to make meaning out of it and creates a story. And very often the story it wraps around the, the bit of information that we just received is inaccurate because it's coming from us. So you can actually say, okay, I got this information. Let's say I need to tell Aunt Sarah the, to watch out next Friday because I just had a dream about her getting in a car accident on Friday. So... And then she dies and then my mind goes on to her. She dies and she's in the hospital and everything's awful, right? <laughs> well, you can be able to say, okay, wait, I just got this information. Which part of it? Is this accurate? Open, closed. Okay, I'm open. Yes, that information. What about the information? She gets in a horrible accident and dies. Ooh, closed. Okay, that's not true. So when you talk to aunt, your aunt, you can say, hey, I got this dream about you next Friday. I didn't get that you're going to get hurt or die. I just got to be careful while you're driving. 
Does that make sense? Where the two can be used? Yes. And where I would like a little more clarification is when you're connecting with this internal guidance system, though, there is some sort of feeling (laughs) that you can, or maybe it's not a feeling, but a knowing. Your internal guidance system, it's a feeling. It's an absolute feeling. In fact, would you like me to walk you through feeling it right now? And then we can continue the conversation based on your own experience. We could do that and your listeners can do it with us. Yes. And and I actually, yeah, let's do this because I did do it um, after I was listening to one of your YouTubes and I had an interesting experience, but let's do it again, just um, in case of some of our listeners haven't actually gone to your YouTube site yet. Okay, fantastic. So what you need to do is just put anything around you that could be distracting. The point of this exercise is to feel your body because most of us are not really feeling our body in any given moment and then to let to watch your mind. So I'm going to walk you through a simple little way to do that. So stop. If anybody's out there doing email or anything, just stop and relax. Let everything go. And I recommend you sit down with your feet on the floor and you put your hands in your lap. And then close your eyes. Unless you're driving out there. (laughs) But you can do this with your eyes open. It just is easier with your eyes closed because visual stimulation creates a lot of thought in the mind. And then just go ahead and feel the bottom of your feet. Really notice what they feel like on the floor. The pressure, you might have a little warm or tingly sensation as your feet are on the floor just because you're putting your attention on them. And then feel the palms of your hands. And as you keep your awareness on both your feet and hands at the same time, I'd like you to listen to the room around you. It's really those three things, feet, hands, listening. Now, I'm going to give two sentences. And when I do, I'd like for you, keeping awareness on your body, let the sentences go through your mind like a cloud would through the sky. Just kind of float on by and notice any sensation between your throat and upper stomach area. Anything at all that happens. Return to your feeling, your feet, your hands, and you're listening to the room. And here's the first sentence, cloud through the sky. I do not have an internal guidance system. I do not have an internal guidance system. Okay, feel your feet, your hands, and you're listening. Here's the second sentence cloud through the sky. I do have an internal guidance system. I do have an internal guidance system. First sensation in your throat to upper stomach. I do have an internal guidance system. Okay, roll your toes, take a breath, open your eyes. All right, what did you feel? Okay, so my experience and I've done this twice and the same feeling came up. And I guess part of mm-hmm. part of what I would like you to help me to decipher is what's the difference between the feeling and the emotion that I get during this experience? Or mm-hmm. is it an emotion? Or am I interpreting a feeling to be an emotion? And this is where I get a little confused. Um, but when you had said, I don't have an internal guidance system, I felt fluttering in my stomach and I just felt like, no, this is wrong. It was just okay. didn't, didn't feel good. I didn't like the way that I was feeling. And then when you said, okay. I do have an internal guidance system, I felt a warm sensation in my heart. It felt like that the energy in my heart was like expanding and it felt, yes, this is right. And I felt happier. I, I felt content. Good. It felt safe. It felt better. So that's where I get a little okay. confused with and then, the emotion. No, you're perfect. One second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. One other one thing I'd like to say, did the stomach stop when you saw on the second sentence? Yes. Did, it, did that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I, and I'm really grateful. So I'm just going to clarify this and then I'll answer your question so that the listeners can ex- have their experience acknowledged. So the first sentence, I do not have an internal guidance system. Your IGS is going to read that as not true. Okay. And what happens when something that you're thinking is not true or not going to happen or off your path, 
is there it, it collapses it shuts down it brings the life force energy in the stomach area you'll feel a tight knot or a churning there could be a compression on the t- chest people report uh, that like the air is leaving their body um, a, a wilting sensation inside their body and that that I call closing it's a closing sensation and then on the second sentence I do have an internal guidance system that is a true sentence so when something is true on your path or going to happen there's an expansion there's a warming uh, the the tightness in the in the tummy the upper solar plexus the chest or the throat all evaporate and you get an, an expansion like you can be breathed more that I call opening, opening and closing. There's also a neutral sensation where you don't feel anything at all. It is also guidance. This works like a compass. So there's open, close, neutral, and all throughout your day, your internal guidance system is expanding and contracting based on where your thoughts are leading you and whether it's right for you, true, accurate, going to happen or not. And it's trying to keep you on track in every given moment. Now, emotions you could have had emotions with this sensation because I do have an internal guidance system. Even just that thought has such meaning for some people. Some people have no emotional experience from it. Other people, their eyes start welling up with tears and they get this expansion because the meaning of that is, is, is present for them and there's an emotional response to it. Same thing with I do not have an, an internal guidance system. Sometimes people put the meaning to it when I first say it, I hear people report, my, I feel like my heart was broken. You're like, oh, I'm so hurt. And that's their mind putting meaning into it. The biggest way that I can differentiate it on a more academic level is your internal guidance system can open and close whether you're having an, a pleasant or an unpleasant emotional experience. So in the middle of an unpleasant emotional experience, and I'll give you an example. My mom passed away when I was 23. And in my grief for her, it was very profound how deeply I felt that I was in massive massive grief and when I would hold the thought about how amazing she was and how grateful I was for everything she taught me before she left I had this warm expanding upward feeling but whenever I would think oh gosh what about me who's going to help me raise my kids who's going to be there when I graduate from college and I get married my body would collapse inward and I noticed this before I even knew what the internal guidance system was there was this deep anguishing pushing down and collapsing constriction and so and I was laying on the floor really literally like wailing like an animal two days after her passing and I could feel this shift and I remember thinking I'm not going to have those thoughts of self-pity and pain I can't even possibly take that extra layer of of tension in my body and I just kept honoring her and I and and I've kept in that place and it was very healing that's how I moved through the grief we have emotional experiences that when you get them started, it's almost like a drug because of the biochemical interaction that's floating in from the meaning from the chemicals in the brain through the body. We actually, it's like a drug. It's like drinking alcohol or, or, um, taking a medication and you can't just stop when you, when it's in there, you have to wait for it to go away. So your IGS though, it can switch in the moment. There is no residue left from the experience of your IGS. And as people study this, uh, it's reported. It's one of the it's one of the moments of aha moments that everyone that works with me emails me about usually is, oh my gosh, it happened today. I was totally having an unpleasant emotion, but I was open. What does that mean? Well, that means that that emotion is valid. It's accurate. And the other way, I was feeling on top of the world. I met this new person, and I felt like there was going to be this great relationship, but I was totally closed inside. Every time I thought about how oh, I'm so excited, this could be the one, and I was closed. But, I, but my body was in like this lust moment of love. And I said, yeah, yeah, that means a person, even though being in a relationship is right for you, you're not, that's not the person. That's what your IGS is saying. You're putting a whole bunch of stuff into this that's not true and not accurate and not something you should be focusing on. So there are two very separate systems within the body and they're both important. Our emotions are very important too. So I, you can use your internal guidance system to validate what are authentic emotions for you in any situation, which is a huge topic in itself we could talk about, but. <laughs> and, okay, so, and then intuition, like I said, is it's data that's coming in. It's, it's wise, wisdom information that's coming in through a, a one or two extrasensory perceptive elements that each, each of us all have that, whether we develop them or not is the key, is the question. But 
moving in and out of that experience and getting that information is a third set of data points that we have in order to support us in living our lives. There are three separate systems. Great. That That's very helpful. Thank you. Sure. It, it kind of reminds me of the work, and I don't know if you would agree, but what's coming to mind is the work of um, Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, however um, he pronounces yes. his last name, where I remember reading um, his book, A New Earth, and he explained that every situation is neutral, but it's the emotions that we bring to the situation. And, you know, a lot of his teachings is about a little bit of what you were doing in the beginning of the meditation of kind of feeling that awareness and feeling that part of you that is in the feet or vibrating within the hands and and to notice that you are you know more than the than the physical body but also trying to teach you about what this inner awareness is and not getting so wrapped up in the emotional self when it comes to situations in life yes yes it is very similar um i was really pleased i i I love his book, but I also think it's so academic and hard to hang on to in a lot of in a lot of ways. Like you can read a page, get it, and then walk away and come back and go, "I need to read that again." What did I just get? <laughs> you know, like oh, I, you know. He, so all throughout the book, you have these yes, 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 but you can't. I haven't found a way to hang on to it. Um, the other thing that's different is I, and I mean, he's probably more enlightened than me. I don't know, you know, but um, I don't believe the emotions are wrong. Bad. I think they're incredibly important and they're a part of our human experience and we're supposed to have them. The key is, is that in a lot of things get programmed when we're young in our, into us. And part of them is we watch how somebody reacts to something and then we take on, oh, that's how we react because our, our, our methodology to learn is mirroring. And, or we're told, don't feel that way, right? I'll give you something to cry about, don't cry, right? And your internal guidance system is actually when it'll guide you and back to your own personal authentic emotional experience and that is an incredibly powerful thing in fact i think the greatest orators of our time like martin luther king jr the reason why he was so powerful is he had opening emotions that were about righteousness and honor and love and anger, even righteous opening anger. And when there's an authentic emotional experience happening and you're witnessing it, it's, it's where the power of those emotions come from versus when we're in a closed emotional experience, our, the reaction to someone being clo- in a closed emotional experience is a turnoff. We don't like, it's like, ew, get that gunk away from me. It's really an interesting thing to be, your, to, to be angry for the first time and have your IGS open, which means the thoughts you're having are true and in alignment. That anger is important and it's real and it should be in your life because it creates change versus closed anger, which is destructive and selfish and uncomfortable and doesn't create any change that is worthwhile or interesting or good. So when you're talking about um, the programming that we have, some people will uh, mm-hmm. refer to that as the subconscious mind, you know, that kind of gets programmed in the first seven years of life. So you're saying that the inner GPS is separate from that and can be separate from that, that we don't have to go into habitual programming and patterns that we were once taught. But that... The, yes. Okay. I love your interviewing, by the way. I You're asking the best questions. Um, and really deep, profound ones. Because I, I only usually get to talk about this on a surface level. And it's really, really fun to actually dig into on a deeper level in this conversation. Because the book I created is super simple. I, do, I didn't want to complicate it because our minds are already so complex. But the tr- I believe the truth of the matter is, is that we reprogram our subconscious and our conscious minds by using our internal guidance system. We I've had people who've been in suffering with the repetitive habitual thought pattern for years and we do one session of working with them to find what the opening is in that situation and once they find it that old pattern of suffering is gone they can't even believe in it anymore because the opening is so strong and profound that that other thing that they just know it's a lie it's like this match it's magic switch and that opening and that new thought pattern releases them and sends them on a whole new trajectory and 
So there's this really, it uses your nervous system in combination with your mind, which is how we program the mind. The mind gets programmed when we're young through our actual physical nervous system. The neural pathways get built. And so what we're doing is, is we're updating our neural pathways on a constant daily basis when we're using our internal guidance system, which is why it works to create true lasting transformational happiness and confidence and authenticity is because you're reprogramming your mind. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I'm hearing from you, too, is how do we keep it simple? How do we make it simple? And, you know, like like you said, some people may have gone through a lot of this suffering, have been in therapy for a long time. Maybe they're going through hypnotherapy sessions, but it sounds like that you can provide people this relief through, you know, the mechanism that you've come up with pretty instantaneously, it sounds like from even from one session, people are feeling a difference. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, one thing I do want to mention, a good hypnotherapist is incredible. I'm finding that hypnotherapy, it, 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 the thing is, is somebody else has to come in and do it for you. And there's this, but hypnotherapy is real and it works fa- fantastic. However, we all don't have time to go and sit for an hour in a, in a hypnotherapist chair on our various issues. And when you learn how to use your internal guidance system, it is your, every day that you're finding an opening uh, about things that are happening in your life, is you're reprogramming your mind. So it's a constant thing that you're doing. And it's actually easy and fun. It becomes kind of almost addictive in a way to find the opening because it, it's fun. It's like, wow, well, if this thought's not true, then what is true? Um, so let me give you an example of something. Do you know what color a yield sign is in the United States? Uh, yellow and black. Okay. So No, red and white. <laughs> Hold on. There uh, you go. Okay, so... <laughs> Most people say yellow and black first because there's a picture that comes to their mind of a yellow and black yield sign. The yellow and black yield sign was changed in 1971, and by 1974, all the yield signs were red and white. There hasn't been a single one out there. I've had people swear they're going to go take a picture of one in their neighborhood, and they can't find it (laughs) because it doesn't exist. It was was outlawed, basically. And the interesting thing is, is that to this day, I mean, my gosh, this is a long time later. The yellow and black Yieldstein still exists in our minds. And I'm going to, this is the funny part. I was watching Sesame Street. I have a picture of it. I took a picture of the telephone, I mean, the television. Um, my son was watching Sesame Street and they were doing a thing about stop and yield. And the yield sign they used was not red and white. This is a brand new Sesame Street. It was not red and white. It was b- black and yellow because the creators of Sesame Street, when they think of a yield sign, they think of the yellow and black one. And that's just the reason why I bring this up is that is a perfect example of how we get things in our mind that we don't even realize that we need to question. And it colors our world. And these yield signs are in our minds about our self-worth, our relationships, what our husband and wife is doing to us, who our mother and father are, how their mother and father feel about us, how much we should charge for our work, what's happening in the culture around us that's good or bad. And the information that our brain's giving up isn't necessarily accurate. So part, this reprogramming I'm talking about is a real-time updating of the operating system of our minds, and it's leading us on our, into our purpose and our path. Yeah, and that, that's a great lead-in, too, about people finding their purpose and their path through this work. Uh, maybe you might like to give a couple of stories of people that you've worked with and how you've seen maybe uh, tremendous growth or how people can use this work to find that purpose and that passion. Awesome. That's great. So what I have found is that our, our deepest heart's desire is our purpose, and we have lots of desires in us that we don't even acknowledge or pay attention to or focus on. I mean, we have the desire for our children to be happy, um, but we don't really focus on it. We focus on how they're not happy or what's going wrong, you know. And like, for instance, I had one client. He was an attorney, and he came to me, and he, I, we were, I do manifestation. I, the whole thing came about in my life with following this work is I was learning to manifest my world around me. And this internal guidance system, it's helping you do that. When you're in alignment and you're open with your thoughts, it's like getting a divine purchase order to what you're thinking. So he came to me and he said, I want to create getting married and getting a, having a house in Marin. I've been for years looking for the right woman and I can't seem to attract her. And I said, okay, so tell me about her. And so he's talking and tell me about the house. There's no opening happening at all. It's very neutral. And I said, you know, are you sure this is what you want? Because I'm not 
getting that you're open. You're not the energy, the expanded energy that creates in the world around us is not coming through you right now. There's something off. No, no. So we went session after session. I was like, this is not right. So finally, one session, we're sitting there and he's super excited. I'm like, why are you? He's all fired up. I said, what, what's going on? You're all excited. He goes, I just got back from an art festival and it was so incredible. And he's telling me all about the art and how he would want, really wants to be an artist and he'd love to paint. And he's always dreamt of going to Paris. And I said, there is what you're supposed to be creating. He goes, I can't do that. And I said, why not? He says, I'm an attorney. My dad was an attorney. He became a judge. My grandfather was an attorney. He became a judge. I'm an attorney. I'm going to become a judge. And I said, but that's not your life's purpose or path. He says, it doesn't matter. I, I, it's just not what you do. I was raised to be an attorney. So over the course of time, we got him to follow his dream. He stopped his law practice and took a break and went to Paris to paint. And his parents were really upset and frustrated with him. And then one day he called me about three months in and he said, you're never going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, my dad called me and told me how impressed and proud he was of me for following my dream because he always wanted to make furniture and he loves wood and he wanted to be a woodworker, but he couldn't because he knew he couldn't disappoint his father. And he's so proud of him. And he goes, I knew that about my dad. Everywhere we went, my dad was rubbing handmade furniture and talking about maple and mahogany and the grains and this. He loves wood. My dad really loves wood. So the thing is, is that we get off of our path and purpose. And when you have an opening, that means it's yours. It's yours. It's yours to do. And what I have found is we don't have just one purpose in life. We have hundreds of thousands of them. It could be smiling at the clerk, getting this opening to smile and say, how are you doing? Things don't look so good. And having an in-depth conversation or handing a friend a book or being there to make a connection in the moment. There's so many powerful ways in which we're living our purpose. And your IGS is including taking a nap some days. Your purpose is just rest and take good care of yourself. <laughs> and your IGS is opening and opening and opening, leading you moment to moment about how to accomplish all of these various purposes that we have that are innate in our path. So by following it, you're automatically on it. Now I have to imagine that part of the work that you're doing with people following the IGS, their passion and their purpose has to be the breakdown of the sphere. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is I, the way I teach, um, like this book, the, the, your inner GPS has 20 practices in it and that are, they go from one place, one for a small step to the next small step. And I call my, the way I teach the Miyagi approach. Do you remember Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid? Wax on, wax off. Oh, yes. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the wax on, wax off approach. I have people do an exercise for a while in their real world, in their real life using their IGS. And then we come, they come back and they tell me how it went. And I go, yes, Daniel-san, perfect, you know, and because they already get it. So we, I don't, teach people from the mind down. I teach them from the IGS up. And that way it becomes a part of their life naturally. And they become a master before their mind can get in there and say, I don't know how to do this. This isn't working. And their practices are about what observing the mind in different areas, time management, um, being a you know, drama that's happening in your life or, um, how to controlling, right? A lot of people have controlling behaviors that come from fear. So little questions that you could ask and watch your mind respond in relationship with your IGS. So you can just keep peeling the onion away and getting back to who you were before everybody put their junk on you before the age of seven. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's the key. We're just trying to get them back down to who's in there because that person that's in there is what's important. And then what is that person going to be doing in the world? That's the whole goal of everything that I do. Where are you now? What are you you supposed to be contributing? Awesome. And it seems like that you truly are living your, your purpose, you have a passion for the work that you're doing. I mean, you're doing great coaching and trainings. So how did you actually get in touch with your own inner GPS and follow that to do what you're doing today? Well, I I read a book way back when in the late 80s, early 80s, like 85, called Richard, his name is, the author was Richard Bach, and the book is Illusions, and he talks about being able to create your reality, and I was like 15, and it just turned me on, I just knew it was true, so I kind of started my path from there, and then I found a tape from Abraham Hicks back in like 93, cassette tape, and they talked about the internal guidance system, and I had had this experience with my mom. So I knew there is this thing happening. And what I had found is when I had the tightening, I knew that I was about to go into and self-sabotage or ruin something. Because every time I acted out of this tightening place, 
everything went wrong, and I, but yet I couldn't figure out how to stop it. I, I would see it. It's like being watching an accident happen in slow motion. And I'd be like, I don't know how to stop my mind from forcing me to say these things and do these things, you know? And so when I heard that, it was like, aha. And there, I went out and tried to find an actual system. I'm a very, I, I come from technology and I, I'm a very system oriented, practical person. And I couldn't find one. So I started unraveling this inside my own body and mind and coming up with my own practices. And I figured it out and I began following it. And I built a multi-million dollar tech company, um, started in 1996, and, and I followed it all the way through. And then in 2001, the crash happened. And even though I had followed it and shored everything up, it was just too big of a crash to, to really like move through. And so I went through a dark night of the soul for a bit, but then I realized I could, if I followed this to get me here, I could follow it to get me out. And I did. I got out, I was at $1.2 million in personally secured debt at one point at 30, and uh, I was in misery, and I suddenly thought, wait a minute, I'm closed. That means everything I'm thinking is not true. I know this, so let's see what is true. And about 3 o'clock in the morning one night, I had the thought that opened me big, which was, it takes a heck of a gal to get into $1.2 million worth of debt at 30. Those people really trusted you. They trusted you because they, and they believed in you, which that, that doesn't go away. So if you were that person, then you still are. So let's get to it. Let's get out of this with integrity. And I followed my IGS out. Well, what happened was is I, I wasn't unhappy anymore. I wasn't suffering. And it was really dark. I don't know if you, I don't know where you live, but boy, the Bay Area, when that crash happened for about three years, was a very dark, difficult place. And people said, Either tell me the doctor that's prescribing you your medications <laughs> or tell me what you're doing because you're okay. And I said, yeah, I'm getting my experiential MBA. Da, 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 da. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened. I'm going to learn so much. It's going to be fine. I know I'm going to get out of it. I can feel it in my bones. And I said, I'm following my internal guidance system. And they said, well, what is that? So I started teaching my tech friends in my living room, literally sitting around on the floor on pillows, talking about how this works. It's one thing to get it in your own body. It's another thing to be able to teach somebody how to do it in theirs. And that took me a few years to figure out. And then it just kept growing. More people kept coming and coming and learning. And and the best part is they graduate. I love that. I, they get it. They go. They're out there in the world. I get reports back. Still using my IGS every day. Love it. You know, <laughs> five years later. And they go off. And, they, you know, you can get this and go on and live your life from there. That's what's cool. It's not a constant thing. You don't have to. I, I love that you don't have to be in training forever. You know, it's so fun. So that's really how it came about. It was just kept following my IGS. That's a wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think people really benefit from, you know, hearing where, how people got to where they are. And I, I could, you know, as soon as you said that, I could just feel the weight of what that must have felt like to be that much in debt. You know, people surround a lot of stuff with money and money kind of being power and in control. And if I just had enough money and that that's quite a bit. But I also heard in your story, too, that feels like you also realize that power of who you were. You know, that when you kind of yes. put your mind to something and that, wow, okay, so so much debt was created, but how powerful of a person to be able to also get there. So that that's kind of what I heard in that. That was a nice story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, can we talk about finances for a minute? Because yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's really, well, most of the people that come to me, even, you know, I have people that study with me that are very, very, very wealthy, you know. And they still have money stress because I don't think, actually, I know that the stress around money is not something that has to do with how much you have in your bank account. Once again, and I hate harping on this zero to seven years of age story, and I don't blame parents at all or anything. It's not about that. It's just in watching how our parents managed money, we take on their fears and stress. We take on their dysfunction or we take on their hypervigilance about it, whatever your parents were. And so that's one of those things that can be released. And I know in my life, because I'm a manifestress, I, that's what I do is I manifest. Money comes and goes because it's not about money. It's about what I want to create. So I want to create something and the money shows up for it and we create it. And then, you know, then the money's gone. But I know that the, the, when I have a new desire, because it all has to come from desire, and I'm following my IGS, then the money comes and it, you know, and it's created and it just keeps going on and on like that. 
And there are moments in my life where I still have that, oh my gosh, where's the money coming from? Because my mom had that. My dad had a one payment a month, and by the end of the month, it was tight, and my mom would start freaking out. And what I've learned is, is and, it, and it was closing to her, but she, we didn't have this technology, and what I've learned is, is that, that mind habit happens, but now I can't buy into it. Oh my gosh, where's the next money coming from? Oh, I'm closed. There's money coming. Yeah, there's money coming. And literally, something will happen. A client, a client will pop in, or my new course launches and 40 people sign up, or you know, it's just one of these things where... I, and I don't go through that five or six days of pain and suffering around and fear around, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Because it's just a thought that came from my mom's patterning that doesn't apply to me. And it's one of the big things that I work on in the courses and, and in the work that I do with co- coaching clients, because you can, you can realize everybody has their stress themes that are repetitive, over and over and over again, the same thing, conversations for 40 years happened with people. And those themes, it's really important to recognize the ones that are closing and then say, ah, that's not, for, that's not true. And just let it go. Because the mind's still going to bring it up like a software system. That's not the point. The point is, oh, there it is again. Thank you, mind, for being worried about my safety. Thank you, mind, for being worried about my survival. Thank you, mind, for being worried about me being loved. It's all good. I'm open that I am loved. I'm open that everything's fine. I'm open I'm going to survive. Yep. Okay. And it, it just evaporates. It doesn't hijack you into a moments of suffering and deep pain and worry that create all kinds of other chaos in our world. Yes. Thank you for touching upon that because I think that that will resonate with a lot of people about finances. And, you know, aside from your book, as you were talking about, you are teaching in the world too. So would you like to let people know what trainings you have in association with learning about this? Yes, thank you. Um, I do online training and live training. I use the Miyagi approach in everything I do. So it's this beautiful somatic way that I teach. I have a course for people, it's called Revitalize Your Life, and it's for people that are in this deep stress, and they are really wanting to start with a quick hit, seven module, let's get you out of the stress, fear, worry, anxiety, overwhelm space, and into knowing your themes and releasing them. And then I have another course, which is Magnetize Your Life, because some people don't have the stress, they already, their parents didn't give it to them. Because they, they didn't just have that, right? So they're ready to say, okay, I, I want to unleash my desires. I want to know my purpose and my path. And I want to be very, I want to powerfully be able to work with the energy in my body. Because I believe that manifestation now after all these years of studying it, what it's really about is, a spir- is being a spiritual practice. That the world around us is a mirror. And the law of attraction's intention is not to necessarily get out there in the world and do something, get something. The law of attraction is bringing to us a reflection of what our soul is. Whether someone's mean to us or angry or we don't have enough money or we can't find the love of our lives, all of that's a reflection of a choice that we're being asked to make about our soul. And when you begin to look at it and like, oh, wow, am I, where am I that angry and rude? Ooh, I did that the other day to the PG&E office, you know, <laughs> telephone operator. Okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like how it feels when it's done to me, so I'm going to shift that and begin working on it. And as you shift it, what happens is, is these, all the other beautiful desires just naturally are able to get in. So that is magnetize your life. I teach people how the intricacies of being able to witness the world around them as a spiritual practice and shift it. And then last but not least, I have the spiritual, spirit-led program And that's a one-year program online. People from all over the world are in it. And it teaches you how to go from learning how to feel your IGS like we did today to living as a practice every day from that space. That's just how you do life, you know. And and your mind is is a tool and you are a being living from in this new realm. And so those are my three courses. And the doorway in is the book, your inner GPS, and those 20 practices that work great. So it depends on what people need, and they can find me on our website, your, uh, zeninamoment.com. All those courses are there, and we, they can email me, and we can find out where they should start, Wonderful. what's right for them. Great. Thank you. And we love hearing yeah. your chickens in the background. So I have to ask, <laughs> how, how many do you have, and do you live on a farm, and <laughs> what's going well, on this there? Is one of the- yeah, I'm kind of unusual. Um, <laughs> years ago, I wanted, I knew exactly what I wanted. I live in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I have 10 acres with my husband and my two-year-old son. 
and I live in three beautiful yurts. People, most people don't know what yurts are, but they're gorgeous, well, beautiful, very luxurious yurts that are linked together. Kind of, and it's a fifteen hundred square foot home. And we have three cats and a dog and five chickens and a pond with frogs and turtles and fish. And um, yeah, I, I want I want to live out in the country, and I want my son to learn about nature. And we garden. I've got blueberries wild all over the property that we planted and raspberries and fruit trees and I grow vegetables and um it's just a kind of a way that I wanted our family it's my manifestation I want our family to be really close to the earth and I want to watch my son pick blueberries from the warm sun and walk around and play with our animals and that's what we do Oh, it sounds beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you. Yeah. And I have one last question, which has nothing to do about any of this, but I'm just curious how, what's the story behind your name with Zen? Oh, wow. That's a big one. Um, I'm just checking with my IGS to see if I, so, um, my name was Jennifer and when I was a little girl, I used to sit on a stool in front of the bathroom mirror and look at myself. My mom used to laugh and go, Jennifer, <sighs> Jennifer. And I tried to say my name in a way that would connect. And I would look at all the other Jennifers in the world. There were a lot. I was born in 1970 and uh, never, ever connected with that. And the other ha- part of this is, is from the time I was born, I always, I had this conversation with God. I thought everybody did until I got to be 13. And I was told not, that's not what's happening for everyone, but <laughs> simple conversations, you know, just really, I'd ask questions. What about this God? What about that God? And, um, one day when I was 21, God said, your name's going to change. And I was really upset about that because I had been raised in Marin County and a lot of my friends had taken on stupid hippie names and were, you know, really worshiping the sixties. Not that that's wrong, but I just thought it was dumb to be, to change your name to Sunbeam or, you know, River Song. I'm like, your mom named John, you know, why River Song? You know? <laughs> and I had this judgment about it. I was actually really pretty kind of pissed off when I heard it. I'm not, I'm not changing my name. And God said, no, I need you to change your name. And then so we went through this whole rigmarole and um, I was trying to help him looking for different names. What about Crystal? What about Sarah? Right. One day I was on the beach in a meditation in Kauai and with a couple friends that we had met there. And I was thinking about a new name and I heard Zen, and this is the short story, but Zen, and it was like a vibration coming from the top of my head down, Zen, and I heard, will you take this name? I was like, oh my gosh, yes, like it was a shocking moment. And then it happened again, Zen through my body, and I was, I heard, will you take this name? I like got all solemn and sacred and like, okay, I must have not, I must have not said it right the first time when I said yes, okay, okay yes you know like <laughs> thing. and then the third time it happened and zen went through my body and i heard will you take this name and i went i said yes out loud <laughs> really snotty really snotty and like pissed off that i would like wasn't being listened to and i heard it was so and the interesting thing was is i walked back and i said my name's gonna be zen because i had been telling them about the fact that my name was going to change one of the people we met was light who had changed his name and I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to change my name. So Light says, wow, let me get out my frankincense and myrrh and christen you. So he did. He brought out frankincense and myrrh and he christened me Zen. And that was how my name got uh, established. And I found out later that in many traditions, which I had no idea, um, you're asked to take a new name three times in order for it to become real. And it was the hardest thing, I think, besides learning Mandarin Chinese, which I'm still not very good at, that I ever did because I had all this judgment and I had all this embarrassment and I had to go out and tell people I lied at some points, you know, saying not really lying, but say, they say, is that your real name? I'd be like, well, I was born in Marin County in the seventies. And they like, Oh, but I didn't answer their question, <laughs> but I didn't really lie. And so it was this big, it was this big evolution for me. And, um, and it's still sometimes part of, you know, my ego goes, ah, what are they going to think? They're going to judge me. And I close. I'm like, okay, they're not going to judge me. This is what's right for me. And I open and I just keep moving forward. Um, but the good thing is from it is people remember me, which is nice. Or they know that they've met me. I've had people from around the world saying, I met somebody in Switzerland that knows you. We were talking and they said, my friend Zen says, and I'm like, wow, I know her, you know? <laughs> so it's been an interesting thing. I think it's, it, it, there's a pr- deep purpose to it and there's a resonance. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, my inner GPS was saying, what about that name? So I'm glad your inner <laughs> GPS said, yes, I will tell the story. 
<laughs> so thank, thank you. you. Yeah, Who's thank Path you for sharing. Me? Path 11? Yeah. Oh, that's a long story too. <laughs> but, um, oh, okay. you know, part, part of the project for the path was really honoring our path and our spiritual path and the path that we were on. And, you know, Michael was on a pretty deep spiritual path after having lost many people in over a year. He was like over 12 people. And uh, wow. one of the common things that we noticed between the two of us was the number 11 kept coming up. I was born at 111. We lived 11 miles away from each other. His numerology um, number is 11. And so, you know, we would, were always getting the clock thing before we knew anything about yep. 11, 11, 111, what's this? And so 11 had a pretty significant uh, theme just running through the project every time we would work on it together and um, just different stories that we had in our lives. And we're both just trying to follow our own path. So that's the way that that came about. I love that. I love that. Thanks for taking the time to tell me that. It's great. Yeah. 11 is a very powerful number. Yes. So. Yes, it is. So, well, this was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much, Zen. And, um, you know, I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it as well. And just one more time, uh, Zen's website is zeninamoment.com. So thanks so much for being here with us today. And the book and the book is, is in Your Inner GPS just so you know, and you can find it at Amazon or in bookstores, but okay. your inner GPS is a great place to start. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepassseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at com or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.